Hello, I'm Sarah and welcome to the Life Exam Experiment podcast, where we talk about topics like personal growth, relationships, career, productivity, spirituality and so much more. Drawing on lessons from psychology, research, pop culture, books, social observations and our own experiences. The aim is to reflect on our lives and try out new tips, hacks and strategies that can make our life that much better. Hello people! So in the previous episode, we talked about the top 13 cognitive distortions that many of us unknowingly have and use quite frequently in our daily lives, right? So if you'd like to hear a rundown of what the 13 different cognitive distortions are, do go back and listen to the previous episode. Right, so just as a mini recap, um, cognitive distortions um, can be pretty hard to actually, you know, it's pretty hard to realize that we are actually having one, um, you know, because it's a thought pattern and a thought system that we've actually kind of um, accumulated over time, right? But it's actually good to be aware of them because when we are then going down the rabbit hole of negative thinking, we are able to then stop ourselves, identify what we are going through and shift our thinking, right? So the first step is always to get aware of what our minds are actually going through, okay? So cognitive distortions are very automatic patterns of thinking. So we are probably using them often, but we're just not aware of the fact that we are actually using it, okay? And we think that it's actually very normal thinking, okay? But actually, cognitive um, distortions means that our perspectives could um, be skewed, right? Our thinking could actually be skewed. So we are not taking um, the right lessons or the right information away from the situation. And because usually our thinking then goes on to affect our actions and our feelings and then goes on to affect our beliefs, it's actually important then that we, you know, have checks in place to, you know, check that our um, thought patterns are not skewed or distorted. Okay, so in today's episode, I'll be walking you through 10 different ways of overcoming cognitive distortions. And again, um, this list is all credits to King's College London, where I took my master's, um, and which was where I also learned at length about cognitive distortions and mental health. Um, and I also like to give you know my credits to David Burns, the author of the Feeling Good Handbook, where I got this um, 10 uh, methods from. Right, so let's dive into it. So the very first method of overcoming a cognitive distortion is really to identify the distortion. So how can you do that? So write down your negative thoughts, you know, um, in a book or, you know, if you, if you like to type it out. So you can see which of the 10 cognitive or 13 really cognitive distortions that you are involved in. Okay, so this will make it easier to think about the problem in a more positive and realistic way. So um, I find that this actually really helps a lot. And what I actually do is I have a journal that I actually keep. Um, it's kind of uh, what I call a feelings or a thoughts diary. Not so much of, you know, writing about my daily life and what happens, but I actually take a note of um, what is actually in my mind, especially when I'm not feeling really good. So I write it down and, um, you know, it's actually easier to see, you know, at a glance uh, that, you know, I have all these things in my mind and this is probably where I'm actually getting my negative feelings from. And um, from there, I actually then write out the sort of... Um, you know, I, I write out why I actually think or feel that way. And usually from there, I can pretty easily actually identify the distortions. So sometimes, um, you know, especially in my job nowadays, I 
do tend to subscribe to some, you know, distortions a little bit more than others. So like mind reading and personalizing, you know, and jumping to conclusions and things like that. So when I do write things down, I write my feelings out, I then can identify, you know, the distortion quite easily. So this is a very good first step. And I encourage you to actually keep a journal or actually, you know, to keep a uh, online diary or something where you can actually track your thoughts. Okay, um, the second step is to examine the evidence. Okay, so instead of assuming that your negative thought is true, examine the actual evidence for it. Okay, so for example, if you feel that you have never done anything right in your life, you can actually list several things that you have done successfully. And this is something that I like to do when I'm kind of feeling um, negative blocks. Like, you know, I want to do something. For example, I want to start a business or I want to go and uh, look for a new job. Right, but you know, I'm having all these like negative thinking, negative feelings around it. So I actually write down, um, you know, like for example, if I I want to I want to look for a job, but I'm having all these like um, you know, I have all these negative feelings about it. So I write down like what are the negative feelings like. Oh, maybe I don't feel like I'm good enough. I feel like I'm lacking a certain skill. Um, you know, I feel like I'm not a good researcher, whatever it is. And then on the other side. I then, you know, go and go and think about, you know, the examples and experiences where I've actually been a good researcher because, you know, there usually are examples that we have actually done something well. You know, it's just that sometimes you subscribe the, to the cognitive distortion where we actually use one single negative event to actually colour our, you know, our general um, thoughts about ourselves, right? So the second, uh, this is really good second uh, step. So examine the evidence where, you know, your cognitive distortion is not true. Okay, um, this, the third method that you could use is called the double standard method. Okay, so instead of, you know, putting yourself down in a harsh condemning way, talk to yourself in the same compassionate way that we talk to a friend with a similar problem. So this is actually a very good practice and a very good reminder because our thoughts to ourselves and how we actually talk to ourselves is actually very, very negative compared to how we would talk to a friend. So, you know, if your friend actually came to you and told you like, you know, I, I, you know, I want to look for a new job, but um, I don't think I'm a very good researcher. You know, most of us, I would think, <laughs> would not actually, you know, tell a friend like, oh yeah, you know, you're a horrible researcher. Don't, don't look for a job. Stay in your current toxic job. You know, most of us don't do that, but we do that to ourselves, you know, but we don't really do that to other people. So it's good practice to actually, you know, talk to ourselves in a way that we talk to other people because you never talk to a loved one like that. You never talk to a friend like that. You never even give like advice to a stranger like that. But, you know, just usually how we actually talk to ourselves is more critical and more negative than how we talk to other people. So, you know, take note of that. It's actually a good practice. Right, the fourth one, the experimental technique. Okay, so do an experiment to test the validity of your negative thought. So for example, if during the episode of, you know, panic or anxiety, you become terrified that you're about to die of a heart attack, you could actually jog or run up and down several flights of stairs. So this will prove that your heart is healthy and strong. Okay, so this is a, a physiological or physical health example. Um, for me, what I usually do is that whenever I think that I'm a, a lousy writer, for example, it's um yeah, it's a, it's a, it's something that I usually have about myself, right? So I think I'm a lousy writer. I go look for all my you know different blogs and my different writings that I've actually submitted over the years, um, the reports I've actually done, and I you know I look at all that. and I'm like, hey, you know, this is evidence that I actually can do something really well in this case, writing, right? Um. 
so yeah, you know, whenever you actually have a negative thinking, you know, don't don't use it as um a a final conclusion, but think of it as a hypothesis, you know, and you you then go test your 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 validity of whether your your hypothesis or whether your bad writer is actually correct. Most of the time, it's not okay because um we always have evidence uh, to counter our um our negative distortions about selves, right? So just you know, any time that you have a negative thought. It's actually a great experiment to go and test it out to see whether it holds water. Okay, the next um the next technique that you can use is thinking in shades of grey, which is one of my favorite. So um, although this method sounds a little bit uh, a bit boring, um, the effects can be very very illuminating. Okay, so instead of thinking about your problems in a all or nothing extreme, evaluate things on a range of like zero to hundred. Right, so when things don't work out as well as you hoped. Think about the experience as a partial success rather than a complete failure. Okay, see what you can learn from the situation. So, um, for example, I'll just give a personal example. So, I have been thinking of, you know, um, moving overseas for quite a period of time already. Um, and I was making plans for jobs and things like that. And then COVID-19 hit, right? So, there goes my plans out the window. And I don't know how many years it'll be, you know, before I can fulfill my dream of going overseas to live. Um, but instead of, you know, considering the entire thing a failure, um, I consider it a, a, a kind of a, a learning a learning point, okay? Kind of like a pivot thing because now I can't use my usual method or my original method of going overseas, but I can, I can you know, it's time to actually explore other methods which I have. So, you know, sometimes thinking in shades of grey, it's that in-between, you know, that we are actually getting at. So things are seldom black or white. Usually, there's the in-betweens and it's the in-betweens that we usually, you know, we usually discount or we forget about that um, leads us to these, you know, cognitive distortions that we have. Because like I mentioned in my previous episode, things are usually not really all black and white. There's usually shades of grey, sometimes more, more black than white, sometimes more white than black, but there are always shades of grey. And there are always different, you know... Um, Things and people are always very dynamic, so they are always changing parts in the in a in a situation or in people. So we need to always take those into account, right? And thinking in shades of grey also kind of it doesn't give you very fatalistic thinking because when you think in shades of grey, um, it's more reflective of reality because you know, like like I said, reality and and people and things are usually not as as black or white. Right? So, um, I think this is really good practice. And if, you know, next time you find yourself actually leaning more to one side of the argument, um, try and practice, you know, how you can actually look at the in-between things, you know, the ambiguous things. So, this will actually also um, encourage you to, over time, be more comfortable with ambiguity, which is, um, a, I feel, a very, very good life skill to have because life isn't always very cut and dried and life isn't always very black and white. Right, so the next method, the sixth method, is the survey method, right? So it involves asking people questions to find out if your thoughts and your attitudes are realistic. Okay, so example, if you believe um, that public speaking anxiety is abnormal and shameful, okay, ask several friends if they ever felt nervous before they even gave a talk. Okay, so... um. Yeah, so this is an example. So anytime that, you know, you feel that your... Um, 
you know, you have a negative uh, thought of negative attitude or, um, you know, something that, that you actually have in your mind that is blocking you from going to where you want to be, it's actually great to actually talk to people about it because you'll find that actually other people would share um, very common uh, uh, issues as you as well because we always tend to think that we are alone in our, in our problems. But when you talk to more people and you actually, um, yeah, you kind of share a little bit more about yourself. Yeah, so when you share a little bit more about yourself, you actually kind of um, realize that people are actually going through the same things as you. So it's, you know, it's, it's the survey method actually helps to actually check your reality or check like your, um, your perspective or something, you know, whether you're actually having the correct perspective on a particular, uh, you know, situation or whether you're having the correct perspective of yourself. Right, so the next method is... Um, defining terms so when you label yourself as inferior or a fool or a loser or stupid um ask yourself you know what's the definition of a fool right what's the definition of stupid then you will actually feel better when you see that there is no such thing as a fool or a loser and you know sometimes labeling yourself things like stupid and dumb and uh stuff like that actually can make you feel very um yeah, actually, we don't even know, like, what the definition is, you know. And sometimes, you know, we have actually very, very warped definitions for things. So, for example, you know, we say that um, being stupid means, yeah, you know, being stupid means this, this and that. But then we realise, you know, we could actually write down our definitions and realise that, you know, um, our definitions are actually not correct or they're actually very limiting and they actually don't allow us to, um, yeah, they don't actually allow us to be very, very... Um, they put us in a keep us in a very small space, right? So um, sometimes defining, you know, how you actually label, you know, you label people, how you label yourself can actually be very helpful, right? So the next method is called the semantic method. Okay, so simply substituting language that is less colorful and emotionally loaded. So this method is helpful for the should and ought to statements. And instead of you know telling yourself that I shouldn't have made that mistake or you know. Um, you, I, 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 he should have done that. You know, you could say that um, it would be better if I hadn't made that mistake. And I find that this method is also actually very useful um, for the catastrophizing uh, cognitive distortion. So, for example, when, um, you know, you use things like, oh, if I don't do this, I'm going to die. I don't do this, I'm going to get fired. I don't do uh, something, I'm, you know, something bad is going to happen, you know. And then we use very emotionally loaded words to actually describe what will actually happen. Um, this is actually uh, very, this method is actually very useful because you substitute the emotionally loaded words uh, with something that is less emotionally loaded and feels, you know, a little bit lighter and it feels a little bit nicer. And, um, we don't react that negatively to it as well, right? So it sometimes it really, really is in the way of how we talk to ourselves that makes a lot of difference, right? Um, the next method is the reattribution method. Okay, so instead of automatically assuming that you are bad and blaming yourself entirely for a problem, think about the many factors that may have contributed to it. So focus on solving the problem instead of using up all your energy blaming yourself and feeling guilty, right? So, um, yeah, so, yeah, so, you know, yeah, instead of, you know, um, just telling yourselves that you are actually not good or you're stupid or you're dumb and, you know, giving yourselves all these negative labels and then blaming yourself for the entire issue, um, 
you could think about, you know, the many, many, you know, different reasons that could actually contribute to a certain situation, right? So instead of, a lot of times we actually, you know, focus on, oh, who to blame and who is in the wrong and, um, you know, I, I should feel this way and I should feel that way. Um, I feel that it's actually more important to kind of think about the solutions to the, the issue. Um, and sometimes, you know, thinking too much about the, the, the who to blame or who is in the wrong and going on that, that, that down that road of a blame game can actually lead to a lot of, um, it leads to a lot of rumination. And rumination is a very, very big part of, you know, the negative thinking uh, or the negative spiral that we kind of put ourselves in when, um, you know, there are negative thought patterns. So when, when we have negative thought patterns, you know, rumination is actually a very big part of it. So instead of focusing too much on the blame game, it's best to move on and uh, think about the solutions instead. Right, and the very last um, method, the cost-benefit analysis. So what that involves is listing the advantages and disadvantages of a feeling, okay? Like getting angry when your plane is late, um, a negative thought, you know, like no matter how I try, I always screw up, or a, a behavior pattern like overeating and lying around in bed when you're depressed. You know, you can also use the cost-benefit analysis to modify a self-defeating belief, such as I must always try to be perfect. Right, so... um. I like doing this because, you know, I like writing things down and listing the pros and the cons and um, listing, you know, the the advantages and disadvantages of, you know, why I'm feeling this way and, and what's happening and things like that. So, um, yeah, so when we have, you know, negative thought patterns or behavioral patterns that can actually um, be very... Um, it, it can be actually unhealthy for us or toxic for us. Um, it's sometimes, you know, helpful to actually use a, um, yeah, to actually examine why you should feel this way and uh, examine the pros and cons to actually feeling that way, right? So um, this is something that you can actually pair with um, uh, method number one, which is the uh, identifying the distortion or even examining the evidence methods. So some of these methods actually can be combined and can be used uh, together to actually, you know, have a very much better uh, effect. Um, and yeah, so we've actually kind of covered the 10 methods that I actually want to cover today. Um, I hope this was useful because I find that some of these um, methods are actually very useful to me. Um, and actually, you know, doing it over a period of time has actually, you know, brought about some really, really positive habits as well for myself. And, um, you know, it, it has also led me away from very toxic thinking patterns and has actually changed the way I actually feel and behave towards certain things. Right, so um, we've come to the end of this episode, okay, so we've covered, you know, 13, uh, uh, sorry, 10, you know, different types of um, methods to, to, to overcome negative uh, thinking, um, and in the earlier episode, previous episode, we covered the 13 different types of cognitive distortions, right, so um, I hope this was useful. And uh, I hope that, you know, uh, this was actually very useful and that you actually put some of these uh, practices into place, right? So um, do please leave a comment or feedback and do get in touch with me. I'd love to hear from you. So email me at abstractedcollective at gmail.com. 
that is abstract with an ED collective or reach out to me on Instagram at Abstracted Collective. And if you like the show, do tell your friend and please rate and review on I, uh, on iTunes or anywhere else that you get your podcast as it can help others like you find it really easily. And um, I've actually opened uh, more coaching slots as well as, you know, opening some space uh, for beta testing, um, beta testers for my new course. So do sign up at my um and my blog, and uh, you can find more information there as well. It's, it's uh, abstractedcollective.com. Right, so till the next episode, um, take care of you. <laughs>